Alright, I've decided to make a little kind of intro slash dicey outcomes. A little uh, get to know me a little better. It's like a little five minute speed date. That's why I have the nice chill jazz music in the background. Because anything with straight saxophone. Marvin Gaye made his fortune for a reason. Alright, so I have a kind of like list of questions and then I answered them myself. Boy, howdy, I don't want to read this out because this got really long, but we're going to give it a pretty good little flow of consciousness and see if I can't get something together. Sounds good? Good. Uh, I'm trying to do this in one take too, so wish me luck. Future Ian edit here, and this is an edit that's coming in after I have published this episode. So if you re-listen to this, this might sound new to you. I did not do it in one take, and nor did I do it very well after I... I had someone else listen to it who didn't stay up till 5 a.m. making it. So pro tip, if you make something at 5 a.m., get someone who hasn't stayed up at 5 a.m. to look at it. Good. All right, we'll go back to it. You might hear future Ian once or twice more. Who knows? First question up is, what is Dicey Outcomes and how is it different from all the other real play D&D podcasts? And the biggest strength that Dicey Outcomes has in that category is if I did have to pick one thing, it would be kind of our party size. We have seven players in one DM that will be participating hopefully every session. So that's gonna make this more or less feel that I'm really trying to go for of you're at the table. You'll hear the side conversations. You'll hear the dice rolling. It's more of a, I'm trying to go for a feeling of this D&D game is now a podcast. I feel like there's some podcasts out there or real play D&D podcasts that have had successful podcasts and transitioned into Dungeons and Dragons. I'm trying to take our Dungeons and Dragons fun, friendly atmosphere and put it on a podcast. So I don't want to rob that really nice atmosphere as a group that we have. I think it's going to be very important. I think that'll be really fun and hopefully you guys will like it and we can convey it in a fun, entertaining way. Bill that I'm going for. I'm not going to lie, our audio quality, quality, excuse me, I don't think it's going to be top tier. Truth be told, I'm going to make it as best as I can. Uh, I have a multiple mic set up. I got the best mics I think could do the job for the budget I'm working with. And I can't give everyone their own mic because, like I said, that's that's going to be eight mics, more or less. And then audio tracks, eight audio tracks I would have to edit with music, with sound effects. I mean, that's a lot. And I'll get into why I can't really do that later. I did want to touch on the subject, too, is this isn't anything more than kind of a passion project. I'm trying to make this podcast and get kind of a community going, but I don't really want it. I want it to be successful. I want people to enjoy it. I just don't want it to be absolutely massive. A good example is like Adventure Zone. If you're into D&D podcast and you haven't heard of Adventure Zone, you have been, well, you're the only one. Sorry to break it to you, you big nerd. It's great. McElroy brothers are great and their dad. My brother and my brother and me, while I didn't not enjoy their podcast, it was very entertaining and I loved Adventure Zone. I think they're great people. I love to hear everything they do. Um, I'm going to keep saying um, so when I go back and edit, it's going to be really hard. Um, 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 um. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, 
the point of growing is to expand and get more people into your community which is really what i want um oh my god if i say oh one more time that was just a little tangent i got my community bingo card i said community like five times did anyone call bingo i want to get people in our community i think we have a lot of fun i think we're a very funny group i think we're a very um jesus uh, <laughs> i think we're a very good group to listen to i think we're funny i think we're pretty good head on our shoulders and we are pretty considerate of events and things to joke about and what not to joke about i say that knowing what we said last session like not even a couple days ago and i did have to make a note to edit a joke out that one was not okay and i pretty much said it wasn't okay when it happened but you know we're a really good close group of friends we can all joke like that and know we're not being serious and know what is really what's right and what's not but yeah, that got edited. You'll never hear that, but it was very funny. What else can I tell you about this question? Oh, the reason why I can't afford the mics or have all those mic lines. I am currently working two jobs. I have one in the morning and I have one at night. The morning one, I have my own schedule, which is nice. And the night one is eight hours. So from the hours of 3.30 to 11.30, I'm at a place doing a job. Until then, I am at another place doing another job, but it's mostly phone calls, emails, and paperwork, so while I'm not doing any of that, I can kind of edit and do stuff on my own. So that's a luxury that I have that not a lot of people have. However, it still means I'm working close to minimum 10 hours a day, usually closer to 12 to 14. Uh, 14 being as soon as i get home from the evening job i'm working on the other job for tomorrow because i'm awake and i can't go to sleep so there's that so the moment i have any kind of time to myself i try to do any kind of music making sound effects editing or i'm you know talking to friends family other life events and i'm a big gamer so i like to play a game to relax after a hard day or a stressful day so between all that you know time to edit and really get hands deep into this thing can be kind of hard that was a good reason of why i said at the beginning uh it's nearly 3 a.m and this is when i'm recording this um i'm gonna try to do it in one shot too ums and everything I think it's more natural it feels like we're really talking to one another my favorite color is green my favorite candy bar is heath bar too we have so much in common <laughs> uh one of the other things i wanted to get into was bread and butter the dnd episodes the main story arcs real play real real play of everything it's going to be called the framework scheme so it'll be dicey outcome pre presents the framework scheme there's more to it uh once we start really getting going and characters fleshed out and everything and start exploring this world i hope people start picking up why i named it that i don't think it'll be clear until pretty far into the master plan i have set out but that's the best part and i think the word frame i think the word word work and i think the word scheme are all really good words so that has buzzfeed told me to do it so here we are primary storyline is framework scheme 
we'll probably have some one-offs, some holiday episodes. There's going to be a holiday episode coming out pretty soon. That's probably going to be our first quote-unquote official uh, episode where I'll have music. I'll have uh, both mics set up. I'll have everyone there. We'll be playing in Eberron. It'll be backstory for uh, some of the events that happen in the main storyline. It, it should be good. I th- I'm hoping it'll be good. It, I'd be really sad if it's not good, and it won't be my fault. That's the important part. Back to the main plot line. I don't really know when those will start. I'm hoping to get some test episodes out there. I'm really excited for this trailer. I have a trailer idea I want to kind of propose that'll really get the ball going. For all of you who want the insider scoop and everything, I'm planning on having the campaign go from level three. They're going to start at level three because anyone who starts at level one or two after playing D&D for so many years, um, they just hate themselves and other people. Uh, I love starting at level one and level two suck. Two I can deal with, especially if like you plan to start at level two and go immediately to level three. Uh, but starting at level one is just no fun. No fun. Level one, no fun. Uh, fight me. I will never play another level one campaign ever again. So the campaign will go from level three to level five, and it's called Wrangle That Cat. After the trailer, I hope that's clear, but there is going to be a cat they have to go get. And yeah, that's going to be that one. Uh, Level three to five, I'm sorry, five to ten is going to be their backstories. So by that time, we'll be integrated into the world and their backstories will be coming and kind of playing a role to really move the plots forward. There should be uh, three or four plots going all at once. There'll be one major side quest, there'll be one major plot, and then two minor ones of the same thing. And then their characters' backstories. So I think that'll be really fun. Level t- 10 to 15, I have a plan for. It's just not written down. It's one of those weird DM things where you can kind of you hold two puzzle pieces next to each other and you just pray you keep finding more. But I do have a plan for that. And then level 15 to 20 should be a reintroduction of the plots, backgrounds, or I'm sorry, the backstories of the characters. So I will call back everything from five to 10 and they'll reevaluate some hard decisions they had to make or good decisions they thought in the time that end up turning bad or maybe the bad decisions were actually the best possible outcome and stuff like that. Um, level 18 to 20 in that should be kind of like the big go-to of where this world is kind of going towards um i'm hoping to end it in such a way where we can come back and revisit the world or who knows maybe it's maybe that world's dead who knows they're level 20 they can fight gods at that point so it's gonna be a really fun little level three to five i drive the story level five to ten they drive it level 10 to 15 i drive it level 15 to 20 we have communally communally that's a word yeah we have communally driven the story to this location so we just go from there i think by that time they're gonna write it as much as i do and i'm just gonna give them the dc checks and see what happens until that point i'm gonna try getting some interviews and test episodes out there i probably said that at the beginning of this spiel but it's 3 a.m so forgive me but my dream that if i could have anything in the world what i would really like to have is a time to kind of have all the players come in introduce themselves talk about the indie a little bit there'll be like 10 minute episodes or something like that then we can dive into character creation for all of them and i have a really good plan where 
out of the seven people, three make their characters and their backstories together, two make their backstories and characters together. That's five, and then the other two make them by themselves, but one gets to hook onto the group of two, and one gets to hook onto the group of three, as in the those single people get to hear both stories of both those players in or those players in those groups i should say and then choose which one they want to attach to and then i would meet those players separately and kind of go over it it's going to be i am hoping it simulates this is kind of a theory craft idea of mine i hope it simulates real relationships where a group of friends knew each other but they also knew this one person or this one person knew this one person and now they all hang out together because that's kind of what happened in our actual group where I knew this person, this person knew that person. Uh, they brought in their siblings, yada yada. So I'm thinking that should be pretty cool. I'm hoping it'd be cool. If it's not cool, then it's just gonna be a big old waste of time and everyone's gonna be mad at me, but uh, I'm the dungeon master. Do what I say or I kill your character and I use it as toilet paper. Ha 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 <laughs> Question two, what are you gonna do in the meantime? I guess what what was I even referring to? Uh, I figured it out. Computer crashed. If I sound a little weird, apologies. The mic moved a little bit. But it was referring to as, since I'm going to be hopefully getting some of these episodes up soon, I'm hoping to get the trailer up before December. Feeling pretty uh, bold about that. But in the meantime, while we're not playing my game because we have currently a homebrew game we're playing and it's for all you DD player out, players out there it's a mad mage and we're at level eight so we got 12 levels to go before we're getting close to the end uh, but we are making really good progress i think uh we've been shenanigan shenanigan shenanigans shenanigans it's gotta be shenanigans shenanigans in that one We've been working through this dungeon pretty good. It, it's amazing what happens when you have a seven-person party of mostly casters, and you can just nuke everything that comes into your way. So that's been fun. But so that still has a decent way to go. Excuse me, I'm going to move the microphone so I can actually sit up in my chair and not give myself scoliosis. Future Ian here. I had someone that I respect greatly listen to this and give me some feedback, and they informed me that the next coming up part here is a little bit of a tangent i, I kind of open a can of worms and i just kind of spread them all over the room but i really enjoy it uh Eberron is one of my favorite settings and i immensely enjoy talking about it so i'm leaving it in here as a creative decision slash it's my podcast and i do what i say but i did want to give a forewarning that some math gets thrown around some deep nerd really good nerd stuff is coming up so if that's your jam great if not this would be a good time to go make your dinner your popcorn if you if you're vacuuming while listening to this this would be a great time to really get into the carpet so i did want to give that warning so that's been going really good i also still need to read a bunch of eberron so for any of you who have a dm who would love to dm in eberron i highly recommend it it's great campaign setting i think it's probably one of the more fun ones it takes everything about DD and kind of flips it on its head i think um bugbears goblins hobgoblins stuff like that they're just people now they're just people uh werewolf shifters that's a whole rate playable race they're just people 
So I think it's a really cool setting. I think it's really neat. It is a pretty easy read for a DM too. It's a very, okay, that's a hard question to say or hard statement to say. It's not an easy read, but once you get through the hard part, you look back on it and go, oh, they just, they handed me all the Legos and expected me to build a Millennium Falcon. No, this is the instruction booklet. They gave me the Legos. I know how to use them now. Um, so it's a really fun campaign setting. I think it's very easy once you get through, once you get through the hard part, it's easy. That's a bad, man, I'm bad at this. It's not that difficult. It's harder than those that kind of give you a plot line and a story to start with. This is very much, well, like I said before, here's a bag of Legos. Go crazy. Uh, there's... A good example, okay, great example, is I'm currently reading up on Sharn, the City of Towers. Uh, For all of you who've been in it, you know what I'm talking about. For all those who don't, let me tell you this torturous hell that I put myself in, and I can't stop. It's a huge metropolis city. It's absolutely huge. Think New York City on top of New York City kind of thing, where each, so the city's in like five layers. There's a bottom one, a second from the bottom, a mid one, almost to the top, and then a top. Uh, in each of those layers, remember, there's five. There's about four, anywhere between three and five wards. So take those sections that we just carved out and put them into like three or five more sections. Cool. You got that in your mind? That's like close to 15 pieces. Of those 15 pieces, go ahead and cut them again into eight to 14 pieces. And those are districts, and each different district can have its own unique market, temple, shop, tavern, uh, brothel, persons of interest, blacksmith, anything, anything. It can, it, they possibly have all of that. Some have more, some have less, others have politicians, some don't. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So you're talking, I'll even get the calculator out. So this is worst case scenario. Like I said, I've been reading it. We're going to go ahead and just spit out all the numbers. You have five layers. You chop those layers into, we'll go with the medium of four wards. That's 20 things you have to read about, okay? Then we're going to go to the medium again and say we chop each of those into 10 districts. That's 200 different places. And of those 200 places, they could have... Let's go ahead and give them each three different things. That's actually kind of like an overestimate. Some literally have nothing. I've read like at least 20 or so that have like nothing, but then others have like five or six. But that's 600. That's 600. That's a number. A 600 is a number to events or locations or anything in a city. That's absolutely nuts. Like imagine if everything was a one paragraph. That's 600 paragraphs. Go ahead and divide that by five just because five paragraphs per page, if you remember elementary school was what you got away with with homework. That's 120 pages. That's about as long as the book, <laughs> now that I think about it. So yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Uh, however, I have, uh, I okay, here's the other nuts thing. Sorry, we opened a can of worms and I'm gonna jump in onto this. Keith Baker, if you ever listen to this, uh, I don't know who organizes the information that you spew out of your little creative magic uh, hole in your head, uh, but I don't like the way they organize stuff. It's not, 
if if there was a if something in the book told me how the how it was organized i missed it completely uh i'm extremely i'm not extremely i'm i am dyslexic so speaking or reading is hard for me so i made a DD podcast uh i make good choices so i don't like the information in this book and how it's set up i don't like how it's delivered if there was a sentence on how this book works i missed it it's not given to it's not given to you like okay so there's an upper uh we'll call the upper districts i forget the names off the top of my head everything has a different name in that book I, god it's hard you know what we're just gonna pull up my notes i'm on my computer it's right there i can just click it uh for all you that fall for all you dungeon masters out there don't record things at 3 a.m uh second of all uh microsoft OneNote. it's killer it's absolutely killer okay so the upper wards which is the second from the top has one two three technically four uh different sections of those sections it has one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five twenty six different little districts for you to know about and that's just on that one thing and each of those districts possibly have a person's interest which you have to read about or a legendary location anything like that uh, in the book, it's not given to you as here's the upper wards, here's all what you have to know. It's given to you by, I don't know why they would do this, it makes no fucking sense. So, okay, imagine if there's a big giant tower, because that's what the city is. It's a city of towers. Everything's built on top of one another. You have a tower in the middle. They give you the information as the districts in that tower down. So they work on that one spot down, but not on the layer, which is the layers are the best picture they have it's really hard to explain so if you're lost and you've already clicked away i fair absolutely fair but it is absolutely nuts how they decide to give these little tidbits of information away i think it's absolutely insane so i just took to rewriting the book just flat out i am retyping it up all myself in one microsoft note document uh, and if it ever gets deleted or corrupted, I guess I'll go to the tallest tower in Sharn and jump off it. Because, yeah, no, I'm not dealing with that. That's So, yeah, that's what I've been doing in the meantime is reading up on Eberron and Sharn and every other book I've been able to get. So, yeah. Question number four, and I hate this one, was what are your biggest fears and challenges you hope to overcome during this? So there are two that I really just make my stomach in knots is the first one is i hope it's not the case i doubt it for how excited i am and everyone who's helping me is i get burnt out just burnt out completely uh life happens i have like i said two jobs um hopefully with this podcast and something i hope to do with the brand of this podcast i might even have three so that's a lot of jobs that's a lot of stuff so falling behind or getting burnt out or getting overloaded and just not pumping out any episodes people on the internet took a liking to it now i'm disappointing like 
you know, the both of the people who listen to this podcast who aren't my friends and family, that really terrifies me. Um, I don't like disappointing people. That's just kind of a thing. That's a thing I have that I'm sensitive about. <laughs> uh, the other thing is... Oh, this one really sucks. And I really... This one was the internet's fault. And I absolutely hate this. Was... I'm terrified I'm going to get called out on my quality. So right now I think my voice quality is not too bad. But this is on my main computer using a NVIDIA RTX, a very good music program. Uh, I think it's really, I think it's going to turn out great, but the majority, and I do, when I say majority, I do mean like probably 70 to 80% of everything we put out will be from the few microphones I have that I bought for this that I think sound good and recorded on my service tablet which isn't that powerful it's not bad it's not that powerful on audacity which is good just not something i'm as well equipped with as this program and i'm only gonna have two microphones and we have seven people and we're playing in a living room that has you know has furniture but it also has a big ass table and some walls right we're right next to and uh, we eat a lot during our thing, and we talk over each other all the time, and we're just shitholes. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm absolutely terrified that it's going to come out as garbly goop, and I'm going to edit it and treat it as much as I can. It's just, but I think it's going to be good. I still think it's going to be good. I'm going for the aesthetic of you feel like you're at the table, uh, and I think it'll be great. I'm just terrified it won't be, because I don't want to work you know 12 15 hours on something and put it out and people are like i can't fucking hear shit and i'll say open your goddamn ears you dummy uh, so i'm really hoping it's gonna be good i i think it's going to be good i know it'll be good only possible all right so this is probably going to be the last question because this is the longest uh this one took three pages for me to write so hopefully i can trim it down because we got places to go and things to make oh my god it's 3 30 a.m tomorrow's gonna be sleepy uh the question is how long have you all been playing role-playing games or dungeons and dragons aka tabletop games slash whatever uh and we'll start with me ian uh and i've been playing almost over a decade now uh i'm 27 so i started when i was 16 17 uh i know a lot of people who have started much earlier but I wasn't introduced to it until I went to a new school where the history teacher taught his history classes with it. Uh, it was a very small school. The largest classes we had were probably 14 students. It was a homeschool slash school school co-op thing where if you were a homeschooled student, you could go there to get social aspects. I went there full time. Uh, great, great school. I absolutely love it. Uh, I will not plug it here for one reason. One reason only is uh, I believe that school is better to be promoted in homeschool networks. I am not the network to promote it, so I am not the network who will. But it was a great school. History teacher there 
taught history using Dungeons and Dragons. We explored Rome. We went to the out west. Uh, anything you can think of, we really used Dungeons and Dragons to explain that. Plus, he ran his own after-school stuff that was actual Dungeons and Dragons, which was great. And I just fell in love with the game. Then it was it was so cool to me that you could tell your own character story through the game that is also being used to tell you the story of uh, historical events or fiction. I just think that's utterly amazing. And my history teacher, I will plug him, is a wonderful person, uh, wonderful wife, wonderful kid. They're wonderful people and taught me to really love this game. And that's what brought me here. So Dan, if you ever listen to this, uh, you, duh, bomb, duh, bomb. My girlfriend, Hannah, she's going to be playing with us too. Uh, she has been playing for almost a year now and she started in the game that we're currently playing in our home game. So we started with Heist of Waterdeep and now we're in Mad Mage. Uh, and she started, that was her first D&D game. I always knew she would like it. Here's what sold it. One, it wasn't me, her little brother, and a couple of my friends outside this group. Uh, so that was the biggest. That was the biggest one for us is to get her to do it. The other was we, I don't even know. It was pretty early on in the game. We like got a bunch of small halflings uh, from this like awful place. And she was basically get to, she, she was able to be like a teacher slash camp counselor for these little halflings. And she fell in love with the game since then. Yeah. If you guys have anyone who wants to try out D and D, just make their actual real world hobby, uh, something to do in it. Highly recommend it. Worked real good this time. So she's been playing and she's great. Uh, she's still a little rocky on everything, but she, she's getting it and she's a quick learner and I'm very proud of her uh love you yeah and it is still 3 30 in the morning yeah i know i need i should go to bed but oh god i just i gotta talk to these people these complete strangers who I haven't met yet who are gonna be my new best friends uh our, our so our dm in our home game uh caitlin she's gonna be playing as a player and i think she says being a dungeon master isn't that bad right now but i do know she also likes throwing so if caitlin saw a puzzle like someone was doing a puzzle on a table granted you have to remember i'm saying this if she was playing DD. so in the DD world if someone was doing a puzzle uh caitlin would not only come over and want to knock that puzzle to the ground she would point laugh do it person looks back and she would point to someone else while still laughing and then roll a nat 20 to get away with it. Uh, so I think she'll be super, super, super excited to play. Uh, I think she's been playing for three years. I'm kind of unsure at this moment. Uh, she tried playing it a few times before us, had really, really awful groups uh, and one awesome story from it, which... Man, I don't think I can get her to tell that one on the podcast, but good lord, it's funny. Uh, maybe I can. Uh, what if I bribe her with money? Yeah, I'll try to bribe her with money. God, I would love to tell that story. Anyway, so she's been playing for three years. Um, she's absolutely wonderful. She 
she is like me where she gets really into the DMing. She likes the little handout stuff. Um, it's great. I think she's a wonderful dungeon master, and I am so stoked she was able to dungeon master for us this long, and I am stoked to have her as a player because I want to see what kind of mess she gets in the world. Uh, next one is up is David. So David has basically played as long as me, if not a little longer since he went to that school too. So he would have had that history teacher for a year or two longer than me at the time. Um, he's in the other game that I have of Pathfinder that's lasted seven years. Uh, and it's been one of the best games I've ever played. It's amazing. I have one of the best characters I've ever could have made. Uh, he's a swashbuckling pirate, Ifrit, tiefling, swashbuckling swordsman. And my friend David, he's a huge barbarian that just does constantly, just easily 100 damage around. It's insane. It's one of the best games of d and I'll ever play, and I cannot get any... I can't get enough of that game. I absolutely love it. Uh, Jason, if you hear this, shout out to you. You're a killer DM, and I love your world. Uh, David is also... I'm pretty sure been in every game I've ever DM'd or played in. That's a stretch. But it's probably close. David is in 80% of the group chats that I'm ever in. Uh, I can't get enough of the kid, apparently. That's been fun. Uh, David has also... I've also been in every game David's run. David's running his first game that just started up a little bit ago. And it's been going great. So, yeah. Me and him, we're like neck and neck in our experience. So next one up is Ben. So Ben has been playing with us, but I know he hasn't just played with us. Man, I don't know. I, I truly don't know off the top of my head. I think he's in the two or three year category too. Um, he's one of my oldest friends. He never used to be into the nerd stuff until one fateful summer where we went out to Colorado to visit Hannah and Darcy at their summer camp that I eventually also went to and uh, worked at. And we were up on a mountaintop, just chilling, gorgeous views, having nothing to do for another couple hours. And he looks to me and goes, teach me your nerd game, uh, which at the time was Magic the Gathering. And he uh, absolutely loved it. And then uh, over the course of time, he also fell in love with D&D. And let me tell you guys, having a literal professional strongman sitting next to you rolling dice is pretty neat. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> man, me and him have a lot of stories. I, man, I am excited. I will get him on here and we'll tell a few stories. I think that would be very fun. That'll be like two dudes in a mic kind of conversation. Uh, there's a podcast out there called Two Dudes and a Mic. Uh, you're welcome for the plug-in. I will send you my PayPal information. Love you. Uh, Maggie. Maggie is Caitlin's sister, and she is the newest uh, member to the D&D group and to Dungeons & Dragons herself. I'm pretty sure she joined us. God, man, my memory is not great right now. I want to say six months ago. And I want to say she also started playing D&D six months and a day ago because i think caitlin ran through like a small little scenario before she came here because i <laughs> i don't know i that i could see that being a caitlin thing 
<laughs> but Maggie is wonderful. Maggie, I absolutely love having Maggie at the table. Uh, she's the best person to have in any conversation. Uh, I will. I Man, I think I'm a pretty cool dude to talk to. And that's why I've been talking for 40 minutes. Um, if it was up to me, I would just hand this transcript to Maggie and have her just read all my words. Uh, Maggie is the best person to talk to. And in Dungeons and Dragons, it's not even different. Uh, she had, oh man. So, oh, did I edit it out? Man, you're getting the tea right now. I think I didn't. And I think you can hear her really killer idea in the test episode so there'll be a few test episodes where it'll be our home game i don't think i explained that so I, there'll be a few test games of our home game and i'll upload those and edit those like i would our normal podcast that will come just to kind of give me some exposure and hands-on knowledge of how to edit so i'm hoping that'll go up and you guys can hear the killer idea she had uh if it wasn't for a pretty good roll from Ben, I think it would have saved our bacon completely. So good job, Maggie. Uh, good job, Ben, but good job, Maggie. Man. I now I can't remember if I edited it out or not. Man, that's going to bother me. Okay, next person. Uh, Darcy. Uh, Darcy is another friend who's been playing for a few years with us. Um, her experience is weird because it's not a few consecutive years. It's more like a few sporadic years so she played with a pathfinder game i ran but she skyped in and then that wasn't really working because we were talking over her so i kicked her like a bad person would my bad oh well i made it up to her uh so she's in our games um and i'm gonna say Probably something that's not like considered a compliment, but it, oh God, man, I don't know how to word this right. I want this to come off as kind as I can because the words are not going to be Darcy will see a pot of complete shit and she will stir it on setting number a thousand. Uh, she cannot help herself. And that is my absolute favorite thing about Darcy. Uh, have you ever met that person who will hit that red button? Of course we do. We all have that person. Darcy will hit that red button. But if everyone knows they kind of want her to hit that red button, Darcy will sit there and die and not hit that red button. It is absolutely so much fun to have Darcy at the table in any kind of game. D&D, board game, whatever. Absolutely love it. It is. It's absolutely just a wild trip, and I absolutely love it. Uh, I want to get her on here and tell the story of a board game we had. Uh, and I know the moment she listens to this, she will know which board game it was, where Darcy just absolutely was just like, oh, this is all going according to our plans, huh? Be real shame if I... Uh, <laughs> it was absolutely great. Uh, Darcy, I love you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having just the absolute most fun at the table I will ever have with any other person. Uh, also, Darcy is my current roommate, so uh, she'll be a pretty frequent person I have on here. So hopefully I can do a lot of filler episodes with her. Uh, and last but not least, we have Chase. Uh, Chase has been playing probably the most out of any of us. I'm going on a limb saying that, but 
I think he started in his early teens, and he's older than David, even though David started younger, and Chase played, I think, more. And it's hard to tell. We're all almost, me, Chase, and David are probably neck and neck at like 10 years. Uh, But Chase has put so much effort into the hobby. So Chase has moved around a lot. Uh, and during the, his moving and all that stuff, he just always said he read a lot of books and the dude has read a crap ton of books and the dude can speed read like I've never seen. And for someone who's dyslexic, I just look at him like he has a fucking superpower and I cannot get over it. All I want to do is read that fast. So he has read most of the D&D books front to back, cover to cover that he has. So if it's a D&D book he has, he's read it front to back, cover to cover. I would bet $500 on that line. That is true. And it's absolutely incredible. So having him at the table as a player is awesome. It's just more iterations of Chase, which is perfect because Chase fits in every setting. Chase is like black. Chase is the new black. Yeah, that's the phrase. That's what we're going to go with. And uh, I've gotten to be in a game that Chase has DM'd, and that was absolutely awesome. Uh <laughs> my favorite part about Chase DMing is if you just bug an NPC long enough, they'll just give you what you want and make you go away. Because Chase will just go, all right, you little fuck, get here, take this, go away. Uh, and it's great. It's absolutely awesome. <laughs> uh, so I'm very excited to have him at uh, the table. I'm excited to have everyone at the table. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I cannot stop smiling when I talk about this anymore. Uh, yeah. I think that's about it. Uh, man, and I'm just kind of gabbing for time now. Which is weird, because I don't even have a time limit. I, I'm not uploading this to YouTube. I don't need this to be 10 minutes. I'm not getting monetized for this. This is just for you. This is for your guys' pleasure. And my pleasure. Both of our pleasure. I'm going to keep saying the word pleasure, and I'm going to turn up the saxophone. We're going to see what happens when I turn this off. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, (laughs) Man, do I want to end this on that note? Yeah, yeah. We're going to end it on a bucket of popcorn with a hole in it. See you later. Bye.